never will be. And you know it. With a tear in my eye. The queen of the crop. Acknowledge me. What's up, everybody? Episode 318 of Top Rope Nation here to discuss AEW Full Gear 2023. I'm Ryan Drosty, joined by my guy, Justin Joint, who I actually had the privilege of watching most of the show with last night. There was a a brief break Mm -hmm. in our hanging out, but we still were able to watch it together. Justin, Sunday afternoon. How you doing, sir? Damn kids, man. Damn kids. I tell you, they ruin everything. (laughs) um i gotta say though uh you are sounding pretty chipper for a man who's literally watching the bears lose at right at this very (laughs) second (laughs) you know you have a 12 point lead with just a couple of minutes left and our conservative (laughs) coach thinking i just taking field goals when you only need one yard to a first down and put this game away this is what happens this is what happens but you know justin you know my emotional investment in the bears is not as high as professional wrestling right now. So yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm still thinking about the future. You know, they yeah. got, they got some good moves ahead of them. I think coming up in yeah, the you next need to be, couple of years, I was trying to convince you before we went on air to just start dreaming about two top five picks in that draft coming up. It may happen. It may happen. The defense played a lot better though. I mean, I think they're getting close as a team Add a couple more pieces and they, I'll have a pretty good roster, hopefully, or at least that's what I can keep telling myself. But we are not here to talk about the Bears. You don't want to hear me complain for an hour. So we're going to talk about pro wrestling, which just oh, this show. I thought you were going to say some... we're going to talk about the Bulls. Oh, God, that would no. be even worse. <laughs> so that more frustrating to me than the Bears. Believe oh, that. God, this the Cubs are keeping me happy. these yeah. days. But, um, you know, but full gear. Okay. I saw a lot of discourse online, people mm-hmm. bashing this show last night and kind of confused. I mean, there's some things on the show that I wasn't super happy about, maybe, or like maybe I could make like little gripes here and there. I mean, but as a whole, I thought it was a, a pretty good show. What was your grade for Full Gear? Um, well, I mean, my honest grade would be an incomplete because, you know, as we alluded to previously, I missed almost an entire hour of this show because started it at your house. And then, uh, I ended up having to take the boy home. And of course he wanted me to put him down for bed instead of the wife. So that kept me there even longer. And by the time I made it back to your house was for, it was in the middle of the will Osprey announcement. So, mm-hmm. um, I would just say from what I saw and just based on results for, uh, the matches I missed, I would, probably go B minus maybe I I was never really bored. And I mean, you know, you talk about how you grade these things all the time. And one of those, uh, key points is, is there at least one match that you would go back and watch? And I think there was an absolute stone cold classic on this show. Yes. And that's going to be the first one we talk about as the featured thumbnail on this show. The Texas death match was absolutely incredible. Uh, Boy, you're a little lower than I thought you were going to go on this one. I'm I'm debating that B plus A minus range because it does have the match of the year contender. I don't know. I've been thinking about this. I don't think it's my match of the year, but I would have it in my top five probably right now. I mean, so you got that going for it. Nothing egregiously bad on the show. I'm going to be generous. I'm going to go A minus. 
I'll go A minus on it. And, you know, looking at our Twitter poll here, we had uh, 119 voters and yeah, 46% taking it home at an A, um, 25% with a B. I mean, roughly like 75% are giving this an A or a B. The other people, they're just trolling to me. I mean, you, I can't imagine going lower than a B on this one. It was extremely entertaining, about four hours, which is where they've been um, pretty much for most of their shows lately. Uh, a little bit tighter card than they have had in mm-hmm. uh, the last few pay-per-views. We had, what, nine matches on the main show? Maybe actually. Yeah, I think. Yeah. It still went to about 11 o'clock, though, didn't it? It was still about yeah. a four-hour show. Eight matches on the main show. Three on the pre-show. We are not going to talk about the pre-show in the interest of time on this review, but we'll just throw out, love you, Eddie Kingston. Glad to see him retain. And, uh, you know, Claudio and Buddy Matthews, I enjoyed that one, too. Um, MJF, obviously, team with Samoa Joe. They retained over the guns, and all that happened on the pre-show. Um so I, yeah, I mean, we had that on here. You were here. We were eating dinner during the pre-show, but we're mostly going to concentrate on the main show here. And if you're joining us live in the chat right now, give us your grade uh, A through F for Full Gear last night. If you want to get your comment featured in the show, as always, we do have the super chat function available now, both on our channel and SC Scoops. And uh, appreciate SC Scoops as always for sponsoring this show and letting letting us stream to their channel so yeah we're we're pretty high on this Justin. yeah i thinking about it and i think maybe i am a little low with that b minus but going back in which the way we watched it is you know we watched those first two matches and under very like distracting circumstances with our kids just feeding off of each other and (laughs) and and constant fighting and hollering and just like so it, it was hard to really zone in um, yeah. I know that Moxley and Orange match is definitely one I would like to go back and revisit because it was getting a lot of praise. And I, I and that was one I was definitely trying to focus in on. Uh, but, you know, the other thing is that hurts this show is I thought it was a pretty weak crowd, that they were pretty quiet for a whole lot of it. I was going to bring that up um, as part of why I was going back and forth between like A minus and B plus that was one of the weaknesses. And it was interesting because in the post-show scrum, like MJF really put over the crowd, TK put over the crowd. And I don't know if I'm just out to lunch in this, but I didn't <laughs> think that crowd was good at all. I mean, there was, there was different sections in the show, specifically the TBS title match that really stood out to me where they were just dead silent. It was we're spoiled living near Chicago, Justin. Yeah. <laughs> These wrestling crowds, because but, I thought that crowd was weak last night. Yeah. And, and I don't know how much of it is, you know, the crowd or if it's just the way they were mic'd up for this show, because there would be parts where it looked like they were being loud, but it didn't really sound like it. Because I, I thought they were pretty quiet for the opening six man, you know, with, yeah, I mean, you had true. absolute mm-hmm. legends in that match. And I thought they were kind of sitting on their hands a little bit. And I've always heard the forum is a really loud venue. Yeah. Yeah. And it did not, it did not come across that way. So uh, I see John is in our chat, finally made it into a live show. We're hoping some of our UK fans get on here because we're, we're trying to get this show going, Justin early in the day. So we could get people from all around the world Mm -hmm. tuning into top rope nation. And usually when we record during the week, we're late at night. So the UK can never tune in live. So hopefully we'll be hearing from some of you as we go, John said B plus A minus for him as well. But yeah, that's a like, great point. I thought the chat or the chat, the crowd was <laughs> was kind of on the low bar last night. Uh, but one match they certainly 
livened up for was that Texas death match. They, they came alive for that one. Incredible. You, you, you would have to be dead inside to not come alive for that match. <laughs> I mean, we were, this is when you made it back to my house. Luckily we had to watch this oh one God. together and yes. we were going nuts. And my, at one point my wife walked down oh. and she heard us screaming like, Oh my God, what are they? And she actually made an appearance right for the blood drinking spot. And my two older daughters were mm-hmm. watching this <laughs> and I thought my wife might divorce me then and there. And I, I was like, I'll, I'll cover their eyes. I, I thought I thought I was about to see a Texas death match between you two. She was not happy. <laughs> she was not happy. About, and I, it, it was pretty extreme. It was even more extreme than I imagined. I mean, I knew it was going to be pretty violent. We've seen these before, but holy shit. I mean, oh, the man. only gripe I could have with it was that maybe it went a little long. They might have missed the peak a little bit. Yes. I mean, you you mentioned when we watched it that, you know, like the cinder block spot at the end probably yep. wasn't necessary. Just judging on how much of a beatdown it was. And then when you're going to finish him off with the chain, you know, Hangman got hung by Swerve with the chain. I mean, you didn't really need that spot. And you mentioned that it was, you know, kind of obvious it was a fake block the way it happened. I mean, that's yeah. we're nitpicking. This is a this is definitely a match of the year contender. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, I mean, that, those are my only nitpicks, with that, I would say. Actually, and I, was, I would throw in what uh, John Hope just uh, added in the chat. That was going to be my my third little nitpick was I don't think the Brian Cage bit was necessary. True. I think yeah. you could have kind of gotten to the same result with just, you know, Prince Nana running in. You could just do all of that. But yeah, just a little too long. They missed their peak. Uh, the cinder block was just a little too gimmicked for my liking. Um, but holy shit, man, the, these guys... <laughs> We're trying to kill each other. I think, I think this was the best Texas death match in AW history, even better than him and Mox at revolution, which was an all timer. I think an argument could be made that this is hangman's best AW match. Um, especially because, I mean, he, he was kind of the main driving force in this one, which I know you would throw out the tag from, uh, revolution was at 20. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but you know, he was just one of four and it kind of felt like that was more about the bucks and Omega, but Mm -hmm. this one, you know, the focus was on hangman is that, is that baby face, uh, wanting to get revenge and and man, these two just beat the shit out of each other. It was, it, I mean, that blood drinking spot, we were both like cackling and just like, it was (laughs) so gross and incredible. Dude, I could not. How do you even do that as a human being? My God, that was just insane. Just getting underneath him as the blood is running down and he just catches it in his mouth. Oh, my. my Then hops up and spits it in the air. Just, oh, what what an incredible (laughs) visceral moment. Speaking of incredible, we got Rick Skelton in the chat and he has blessed us with a super chat. 10 Great Britain pounds. Have Ooh, a beer on me, boys. Nice. Thank you, Rick. Nice. Appreciate that. There you go. Super chats are open, you guys. You want to tip us on the show. There you go. Appreciate it, Rick. Rick has been on. If you're not a patron, we're going to plug all that at the end of the show, but Rick has been on our Patreon show many times. A great dude. Glad he could tune in live and appreciate the super chat. Uh, I especially appreciate it because uh, it is just late in enough in the day that I have cracked open a beer. So I have something in the glass and I got to say, it's something I just bought and I don't think I like it. So I'm going to need to use those pounds to go get some new beer. 
I thought about uh, pouring a Guinness, but I did not. That's what I almost did too, because yeah. I, I mistakenly thought Tottenham was playing this morning. So like I legit like got, I was all ready at eight o'clock. I went downstairs, grabbed my Guinness, and then I went looking for it on the TV and it was like, it's not anywhere to be seen. It was like, oh shit, that's next Sunday. God damn it. Uh, but uh, I am drinking a uh, bikini bottom pineapple wheat from five cities brewing. And I just, hmm. I don't think it's very good. And I generally like pineapple or coconut flavored beer. Same. That's disappointing. I, I mean, I just got a bottle of water here. Very. I mean, I mean <laughs> sorry, straight vodka, straight vodka. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be on the floor by the end of this podcast here. No. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The, the pile driver, I see John talking about this in the chat, the pile driver on the border yeah. rail. That's the thumbnail on this show on YouTube. Crazy. Um, the spot in the corner where he used, uh, I mean, they use a barbed wire multiple times, but there was a time like they're up in the corner and it was like pulling out hangman's hair. Yeah. Uh, Swerve came up from behind and hit him with the barbed wire covered chair. And when he like, he hit him and then brought it back, but a piece of that barbed wire flew in front of hangman's face and almost hooked him. I mean, that could have gotten real ugly, but luckily hangman caught it just in time. Yeah. And just, I, I got to rewatch it. There were just so yeah. many times where we were having a good time and just reacting to everything. And look, Swerve goes over. Oh, so we, yeah, two, we, we, we totally missed the lead. <laughs> two, yeah, two and oh now against Hangman in this feud. And, you know, we talked about this on the preview show. Do they split it up, have the third match? But we thought, you know, if Swerve won, that would be the one way you could really solidify this guy as a, a top tier guy moving forward. You know, that was the big criticism as he was getting popular throughout the summer as he wasn't winning a lot of matches. Now he's won two really big matches, Justin. And like, I don't know about you. I want to see him moved into the world title picture in the next six months minimum. He, like, I mean, at, at max six months. I want to see this guy continue up the card. He's getting great reactions from the crowd. His character work is unbelievable. He's having great matches. He's got the, the side stuff going on with the mogul embassy and you got... Nana out there who's always getting a good reaction mm-hmm. to. I mean, he's he is hitting on all cylinders right now. What, what do you see as the future for him? I mean, do you think they go back to him and Hangman even though he's beat him twice? Well, let me just pause that real quick because I just want to shout out a couple more things from this match. Yeah. Uh, number one, the talking about the crowd, that opening whose house, it, they like huge Swerve's house for his mm-hmm. entrance. It, it was massive. Um, which is a tell. I mean, shit, if, if they heard that in WWE, he'd be pushed to the tippy top. Uh, I want to shout out the, the blood that swerve got the cut, the amount of color, which added to, I mean, it was just gushing. And I would, I would be curious to know the, the spot where he dumped water on it. I, I want to know if he was trying to accentuate it because he let it drip on to Hangman because Hangman's just mm-hmm. not a good bleeder. So I was just wondering if he was adding a little color to Hangman or if he was legit, legit just trying to get the the blood out of his eyes. Uh, yeah. and, and of course, we have not even mentioned the stapler. Oh, God. My kids were losing it. At <laughs> just <laughs> absolutely. And then, he, and then Swerve starts stapling. Was that Swerve was stapling himself, right? Yes, that, because that's oh what. Oh my God! That was when they he had that that uh, warrior spirit moment when. Oh my God! There it is. I'm just uh, scrolling some of the pictures as we talk. Yeah, when uh, 
Hangman started hitting him with the stapler again, and it like woke Swerve up and almost kind of like a baby face moment, honestly. Yeah. And then and then Swerve eventually just started stapling himself. But my God, the, there was the moment where uh, Hangman stapled uh, his kid's pitcher into this into the side of Swerve's oh, cheek. Oh yeah, 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 the cheek. And then we had a brief we had a brief discussion as if uh, teachers should be allowed to do this to students. <laughs> are a little rowdy <laughs> i better not say anything in the interest of my job <laughs> i cannot say anything publicly but a discussion was had in my basement last night along those lines yes so yeah i just wanted to shout out those moments just uh, an incredible incredible performance by both of these guys and that was my takeaway coming out of this is that these two need to be your next two world champions after mjf and you know, talking about the surprise with Will Ospreay, the surprise new signing. I think it'd be too quick, but like, I, I would love to see Swerve beat MJF at World's End because I do think there is a growing fatigue with MJF's title reign. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm feeling it too much yet, but I can definitely see it coming and, and you definitely uh, hear it and see it online. But I think one way or another, the, the, world title is coming off of MJF at world's end, especially because, you know, the story is going to be about 2024 and who's he signing with. So it makes a lot of sense to get it off of him. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'd love to see swerve, although it would not surprise me with the current story they're telling if it's Samoa Joe, because MJF already beat Samoa Joe at, was that grand slam? Mm -hmm. Um, And they're just, they're building him up. He's a big part of the story. So, you know, especially they tag team last night, they're, they're building to something there. And it would not surprise me if Samoa Joe gets the title at world's end. Um, I, I just think swerve hangman three has to be for the world title with the way these first two have gone and, and the chemistry between these two. Um, so yeah, I just, it's too much of a, a hot potatoing with the title, but if you did like a swerve to hangman, and then maybe you build Hangman and Will Ospreay at All In mm. would kind of yeah. be my dream scenario. Although you know the bad part of that is those would be probably two short reigns or one really short reign for either Swerve or Hangman. Yeah, if I was a betting man for someone to beat MJF right now, it would definitely be Samoa Joe. Just how television has gone, but I agree with you. It's like Swerve is right there, and he is. I love Joe. I've been a huge fan of Samoa Joe for, God, probably 20 years now. But, man, you, you cannot deny what Swerve Strickland's doing right now. And he deserves mm-hmm. to be in that. And then, like, the scenario you laid out with some of those other possible matches down the line, I would absolutely love that. You save, yeah, the third match between these two for a title match, eventually get to that six months from now or something. Get that in, like, double or nothing. That would be pretty amazing. Which which I should think. be because because of the story and how the first two have gone, it should be about Hangman dethroning Swerve for the world title, yes. in my opinion. Since he hasn't beaten beaten him, yeah, in this feud, that, that would make the most sense. Yeah. I mean uh, Adam and go sorry, go ahead. I, I was just gonna add that I, I mean Hangman this past year is just on an all time baby face run. I mean, he, 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 oh, dare I say the best baby face in the business right now. Page, yes, yeah, he got some booze though. Remember when he came out? We were we were noting there were there were booze in the crowd, and some of that's just because Swerve is so popular. Exactly. I see some discussion in the chat right now happening about this. You know, Adam said cool heels are will get cheered right now, and I mean, 
it's true. He does the call and response, even though he's a heel. I don't have as big of a problem with that as I've seen other people online and in discourse having with that. But it's like, yeah, he's the cool heel. I mean, it's kind of like, look, the rock was a lot, most of his career, a heel and people still cheered Mm -hmm. him because he was cool as hell. I mean, I don't ever since the late nineties, that's kind of been the case. You know, it's hard to be a true heel. Now MJF was no doubt about it, but it's, it's really hard to get that universal reaction. If you're good at your job, because wrestling fans today are so smartened up that they just cheer it because they recognize how damn good you are. They don't want to hate you. Well, See, that's I mean, exactly like what happened. Times with M- have changed. That's exactly what happened to MJF. He was the perfect heel who was getting actual booze, but then he be- he got to be too good at it and, and the crowd started cheering for him. True. Yeah. Yeah. When you're looking at this one match of the year wise, Justin, I mean, to me, if we just consider AEW matches, this year as match of the year. I mean, I loved the revolution Iron Man match with Brian and MJF. Um, you know, the strap match that Brian had with Ricky Starks is mm, up there mm-hmm. for me as well. Um, I mean, where does, where does this rank in your pantheon of AEW matches of the year? We're not getting into WWE or new Japan. Cause we, there's been a lot of good wrestling this year, but just as far as AEW goes, it's possibly recency bias, but I think it'd be number one and a big part of that is because of the story behind it and how much I just love these two guys and where I think they're going, you know, their trajectory right now. Um, it was just so beautifully executed. Obviously we nitpicked it at the beginning, but that's mm-hmm. kind of our job. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's I, also, there, I was sorry. I was going to had a brain fart, but the, yeah. the FTR match too, that's in consideration. Uh, yeah, match of the year, the the collision match that won like an hour with Bullet Club Gold. That was the other one. Mm-hmm. But this is in that probably top four for me, top four or five. Yeah, I can't, I can't imagine it not being in at least everybody's top five. Yeah, um, but yeah, for me right now, because of the people involved and the execution of it, I think it'd be number one. Yeah, Omega and Osprey, obviously too. Yeah, from uh, Forbidden Door, that's up there as well. Um, I. I think that's, I think Omega Osprey too is most people's pick right now. Ooh. Danielson Sabre, oh, just, yeah. Just for AW? For AW. Oh, yeah. yeah. Danielson Sabre, I'd put it up. I hated the finish of Omega Osprey too. I thought that was yeah. kind of shitty. Um, I think that's the it, popular pick though. And but it's like, yeah, I know I, we're just talking AW, but it, I think it's uh, not near as good as their Wrestle Kingdom match. True. Which, I agree with that too. I would knock it down for that too. A lot of good choices, <laughs> you know, yeah. a wealth of great wrestling in this company and yep. talking about Osprey, they announced him. We talked about on the preview show. He made the most sense and pretty much everything I've read since then, the reasons we laid out on the show, the exclusive negotiation that new Japan could give him with AEW, keeping him in their universe. You know, he could keep working some new Japan. He mentioned coming out in LA last night that. He's not coming yet. He's got to finish his days with New Japan. He said he'd be on the road to revolution, so coming over in February and March. It was clearly the signing that made the most sense, and we saw it play out. I was glad it was him. I'm looking forward to being able to see him on weekly television, to have him in that build for All In. It was important for AEW and getting him announced right before the All In tickets go on sale as well here soon. Uh, so I mean, just, it made so much sense for it to be him. You know, we know Ronda Rousey did this show over the weekend for ROH. Um, that kind of came out of her 
as I understand it, her pro wrestling revolver appearance. And she basically made the appearance as a, as a favor to her friend Marina. That's, that's basically why it happened. Mm. And so I, I mean, they could, they could bring her in down the line officially. She was just doing like a handshake deal right now. There's no contract between her and a W R O H. Um, you know, she's just looking to do a favor for her friend. I know some people were kind of down on the thought of, you know, this surprise signing being Will Ospreay because like he has wrestled with AEW. But I mean, Mm -hmm. to your point, this is big because for number one, he's one of the best in the entire world, you know, unquestionably, uh, maybe his style isn't for everybody, but, uh, he's kind of undeniable as far as his stardom goes And to your point. Now we're going to get to see him every week. And that's a big deal, especially when you factor in the fact that uh, WWE was after him too, by all accounts, they, they tried going after him. So, uh, I think this is a a huge get and a big win for AEW. For sure. I think, you know, I think it lived up to everything that Tony Khan put out there in anticipation. One of the best wrestlers in the world, respected by everybody. I thought, you know, sometimes what he puts on social media, they haven't lived up to the hype. I thought this one absolutely lived up to the Mm -hmm. hype. And and, and as you know, as people are pointing out in, in our, our chat here, especially John, John hope here that, you know, he had the second biggest pop at all in, Mm -hmm. and he's going to be a big reason for everybody to go next year. Yeah. Uh, that's, you know, going back, talking about how this world title situation is going to work itself out. And maybe one of the reasons why we think it could be Joe is that you don't really want to have Swerver Hangman with short, meaningless title runs. So with with at least Joe, that can be kind of short, just because you know he he's already a, a made man, he's a legend, he's a Hall of Famer. Uh, so that doesn't have to be long, and maybe then they can go back to MJF. I suppose. Um, I don't know if it makes sense for you to go to like MJF, Samoa Joe, and then swerve carries it to all in but i i think it's almost uh, a no-brainer that will osprey is probably going to be world champion coming out of all in yeah joe also makes sense as you we've talked a lot about on the show in the past of you know tony khan being this uh hardcore ring of honor fan back Mm. in the day and Mm -hmm. and names that he wants to be on the lineage of his world title and obviously cm punk was one of them now possibly Samoa Joe. I still don't know why Brian Danielson is not factoring into these title plans at any point. You, he is another one that you would think, but I, I would totally make sense. Uh, it, it would totally make sense to have Joe along those lines, it, Justin. And I think it's because of how reliable Joe has been. You know, he yes. doesn't really get hurt. Knock on wood, mm-hmm. please, Joe, don't get hurt. You know, he shows up there. I think he's a good uh, uh, person to have backstage. You know, he was the one who who made sure the match with him and punk at all in happened because that was falling yeah. apart. And I think he took the reins to make sure it's like, no, nah, I'm not going to fucking lose my Wembley moment here, buddy. We're going out there and wrestling. Um, so he's just, he's someone reliable. And, and mm-hmm. I, I think Tony has a tendency to reward those kind of people, which is, I think, you know, why we keep seeing people like Kip Sabian popping up every, up every once in a while is because he was there through the entire pandemic when he needed guys and, and Kip was the person who kept showing up for work. I mean, having a guy that, you know, can remain healthy is big for this promotion. As yeah. we've seen these booking plans change a lot. Well, it, I just thought of that because, so. you know, you mentioning Danielson who unfortunately yeah. has not been very reliable in the health department. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, we see Car- Carl is in the chat here. I, just, I wanted to throw out Carl Longon, who's been on the show many times. He was going to be on this show with us, but not feeling the best, able to join us in the live chat. Hopefully, we can get Carl on uh, a show in the future. He did the all-in reaction show with us because he had attended the show next year. Hopefully, we can get him back on again, but good to see Carl in the chat. Um, get well soon, buddy. Yeah. Let's let's just parlay this, since we're talking about the world title, into the whole situation with MJF. Um, and what happened there, you know, the show, show long story that was going on with MJF getting hurt. So as we mentioned, Samoa Joe teamed with him on the pre-show and against the guns, they won Joe left. And then you get, uh, Adam Cole coming out there on his crutches and he can't really do anything as the guns attack him. And he takes this chair shot to the knee and he gets hauled off in the ambulance Joe didn't help him there, you know, like teasing again, <laughs> this, this heat, by the way, Justin, I was going to say this a second ago and I forgot it. One of your great quotes of the night last night, imagine having Samoa Joe under contract and making him an announcer. I just wanted to <laughs> put that out there. No shit. No shit. Uh, man, I just, I just, I, all I, I will never forget the visual of seeing him in that rain poncho at WrestleMania 37 as a commentator. It's like, what the fuck are we doing here? It's Samoa right. Joe. Right. So. Anyways, they go into the pay-per-view and they you don't know if, if MJF is going to wrestle or not. And he's hauled off in this ambulance. And uh, I mean, I think anybody watching knew he was going to do the big miraculous return. I saw a lot of bitching online yes. about like, how could they do this? They're going to tank their buy rate because people think you're not going to see MJF wrestle. That never popped into my mind at all. It was just a matter of. I was curious how they'd get there. I assumed he'd get back into the match. I was curious what would happen with Adam Cole. And so I just, I didn't have a problem with this at all. It made me interested, Justin. Yeah. Um, I, a lot of people are pissed off about this angle, Yes, but like I, both you and me, I don't think for a second thought that MJF wasn't going to make a miraculous baby face return. Right. And I think I said it right away. It's like, oh, this is staying at clash 17. One of my all time favorite wrestling moments. Uh, and, and the best part actually was that was when he did come back, <laughs> Ryan started playing Sting's old entrance theme from WCW, which, which paired very well with MJF making his way back. It was, it was just, freaking incredible. I had to cue it up on my phone just to satisfy <laughs> Justin's urges. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, not for a second did I think we were actually getting, uh, Jay White versus Adam Cole. Cause another thing, if you're, if you're watching closely, boy, I, I don't think Adam Cole left any doubt that he is legit injured because he, he did not i mean he he was very very careful with that leg which part of you could be thinking it's like well it's part of the angle but i he did not try and test that thing out at all because there was like there was moments where i was waiting for him to like do a super kick with with mm-hmm. the boot or something to make that big heel turn but they they did not play with that at all he was very tentative uh with treating that leg right so like a lot of the, the uh, criticisms I'm seeing to this main event, which they went almost 30 minutes, you know, MJF I have selling, a problem with that. MJF selling his injury to his knee and everything. The big, the big problem we had with it live, I'll say, and then I'll go to you on your mm-hmm. other criticism was that like, we just saw these two guys swerve and hangman kill themselves out there and <laughs> live through like attempted murder, essentially. 
And then MJF comes back and like all he did was take the chair shot to the knee. And we're supposed to think like this guy can barely move it. That was like a bit of a hard to buy aspect of this. I thought just because of if you got something else like that on the show, it's hard to take that seriously. Right. Well, especially with the timing that they reminded everybody, it was literally right after the Texas death match. They went back to like what happened to MJF and it's like, do do they know what we just witnessed? (laughs) (laughs) And now we're supposed to buy into MJF being this injured. Yeah, that that's a, that's a bridge too far for me. Yeah. So, I mean, the match itself, the length, what'd you think of that? Way too long. I, I, Mm -hmm. it was good. Like I was, invested because I was very curious about how it was going to play out and what the outcome was going to be, but it was way too long. I I think MJF went a bit overboard with his selling of the leg, which, you know, we love a good, you know, grab a hold, tell a story, you know, work a leg, work an arm, you know, that is our bread and butter here at top rope nation. But it's just when it goes 30 minutes, it's really starts to make Jay white look like a pretty big chump and it just gets yeah. old. It gets really old seeing MJF do all the old, uh, you know, basically he did every version of how you sell a leg injury, you know, just like, uh, toppling over cause he can't put any weight on it, rubbing it, hitting it, you know, just all the old cliches and mm-hmm. just, if they had, if they were able to trim this down to like 15 minutes, I, I think, it would be more widely well-regarded. Yeah, I agree. I, th- I thought it was too long. I thought they should have had a short, tight match given the injury that they were selling. He could have done everything they did in the finish much yep. more briefly with the dynamite diamond ring gets involved. And, uh, you know, Cole sets it on the apron. Here it is for you, Max. And, you know, he eventually gets to using it and, and takes out uh, the guns and, Gets the victory on Jay White. I think it was an uppercut, wasn't it? Didn't he block the Blade Runner, if I remember right? I did not take many notes on this show. I'm mostly yeah. going off of memory. I think he blocked the Blade Runner, hit him, and then uh, got rid of the ring. And then, you know, that was the the finishing sequence. So, like, yeah, it was, it was definitely a little overbooked, I would say. I think that that criticism yeah. is warranted. It shouldn't have been so long. But there was also many times in the match where, like, Adam Cole nearly inadvertently cost him he still did the hug where it looked like he was stabbing him in the back you know afterwards and so like you're still getting the teases that the that the cold turn is coming yeah and somebody in our facebook uh chat had said like no devil it's like well he wasn't on screen but they continued that story with the stuff they did with adam cole because even before Mm -hmm. the, the ring spot he went to hit Jay White with the Ring of Honor tag title and Jay White caught it and then tried to use it on MJF. And yes. basically the exact same thing happened again with the ring. And in both instances, the way they filmed it or the way they they played it out is it's kind of open to interpretation if, if Adam Cole was intentionally trying to cost MJF the match or if he was actually trying to help him. So I, I thought that part of it w- was well executed. I'm still into that story. Adam Cole still makes a lot of sense to be the reveal as the devil. Um, I just, once again, I said it, I think last week, I, I'm not interested in seeing him as world champion, especially, you know, going back to who's reliable in the company. Adam Cole doesn't seem to be very reliable health wise. No. 
And we said on the preview, it wasn't guaranteed you'd find out who the devil was on this show. There was no reason they had I, to unveil it. I said it. I did. Yeah. Yeah, you said you didn't think they would. I mean, it's it's a long-term story. They can keep telling people. It's captivating people. It's getting discussion going online, which is what it's all about. Yeah. So, I mean, keep dragging it on. Might as well. They didn't promise a reveal, and they didn't have to give you that. So, we got we got the reveal of the free agent. That was the big reveal last night. So, well, yeah, to, MJF to retains. Our, to our discussion about World's End, that that's where we think MJF is going to drop the title, I think that'll most likely be the reveal. Mm-hmm. Or at least leading up to that. Yeah. Um, we're just going to kind of skim the rest of this card because I got about 20 minutes until I have yeah. to <laughs> take my daughter somewhere. I told Justin, we got a hard out of this show. So we're going to go 60 minutes and that's going to be that. Um, I don't really have any deep thoughts on the Golden Jets and the Young Bucks. I mean, the big thing is the Bucks continue to sell this idea that they're turning heel. Apparently, you're going to take some time off TV now and Brandon Cutler is going to be their mouthpiece moving forward. I just, and you, you said it like, on the previews. Go ahead. I was just going to say, and acting like petulant children after the match when they lost. It just seems like they want to just kind of like act out whatever their grievances are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, whatever. I guess let them do that. But they're just, ne- they don't seem like key figures on the show right now at all. Now they're going to be off the show for a while and they seem to be building a stable with Brandon Cutler as the mouthpiece. Oh God. <laughs> you know, I fuck? said that I know I said that I didn't really want to see the golden jets continue, but they are. So you still got Omega and Jericho together. They're going to have a tag team title opportunity. I mean, the match was good. You got the bucks just throwing a fit afterwards. I just was not that invested going in and I'm still not that invested coming out. Justin. Yeah. Same man. Uh, I think all of us, especially you and Jesse, had made the point where we kind of, even though we didn't want to see the Bucks win, we definitely didn't want to see Kenny and Jericho win just because of the possible chance it keeps Omega mm-hmm. out of that Continental Classic, which I think we all desperately want to see him in that for all the possible matchups. Which, did you see, we did not talk about this last night, what that Continental Classic is going to be for. They're merging three titles. Like it'll be the Continental Classic, the the Ring of Honor World Title, and the New Japan Strong, which to mm-hmm. me it's like I, that's kind of weird that you you're gonna lose the Ring of Honor Championship. I don't know why they wouldn't just put the TV title in there instead. You know, right? That that's you know nobody has it right now, and and yeah, I don't know. I just thought that was a a very weird choice, and especially like. Did Eddie agree to this, that he's just going to put both of his titles on the line? That that seems super weird. So when Eddie talked about it, it sounded like it was going to be like every match was for the titles that he had. And then like Tony Khan in the press scrum said, like, that's the end game. The finals are for that, I guess. I, I don't know. There was like some. The messaging got a little bit lost on that, I think. But I mean, Tony Khan was selling it hard in, in the press scrum. You know, he was, they even had like the background change when he talked about it from the full gear logo to the continental classic logo. And did you hear the quote he had about, uh, if you, if you want to see athletic wrestling or something, put your money where your mouth is and tune in. (laughs) This is what that's going to be. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but yeah, to, uh, John hopes point here in the chat. Uh, I do like the idea that they're combining these three titles, uh, to be recognized across, you know, Ring of Honor, AEW, and New Japan. That's kind of a yeah. cool, new, unique idea. I just don't like that it's the Ring of Honor World Championship and not the 
television title, which nobody is holding at this moment. I would agree. I would a hundred percent agree with that. Um, yeah. So outside of that, let's, let's talk about the women's matches here. Justin, Julia Hart, who got a outstanding reaction in Seattle at wrestle dream. Oh, okay. Got, <laughs> yeah. She got a, she got a good reaction in California last night, but not what she had at wrestle dream. The, this is the one match. Like I said, at the show open that really stood out as the crowd was super flat during this. And you, Julia has one of the best characters going in the promotion right now. I mean, usually the crowds are really into her and they were at times. Um, I thought the match was pretty good. Julia won the title, which is the correct decision. Um, she stole the pin from Statlander. So keep Statlander strong. Okay. Who was very good in this match as well. I know this was one of them that you missed. This is when Justin left my house for the, yeah. the bedtime routine. <sighs> uh, but I mean, like overall, I liked the match. I was happy with how it turned out. I just wish the crowd would have popped more for it, but happy to see Julia get that moment. She was on the press scrum afterwards and she talked about, you know, how brief her career has been here. Um, they brought up the cheerleader gimmick that she used to have. And she like rolled her eyes and looked at Tony and was like, Oh, the cheerleader thing, which is pretty funny. And, um, she said that when she started training at the nightmare factory, she hoped to be on TV when she was 26 and, you know, she's 22 and wow. has a title now. So I, I, she's one of the great homegrown stories of this promotion right now, mm -hmm. just in the women's division, which has struggled a lot. You know, her character work's been fantastic. I think I've said this before. She is what WWE wanted Alexa bliss to be, but actually cool <laughs> you know, with that dark <laughs> character and not like cringeworthy, turn the channel bad yeah. with when they had Alexa doing the stuff. So yeah, she, this is the right decision. Could go any other way. I didn't think. Uh, I have, I didn't see this, uh, but it feels like the right outcome. Uh, mm -hmm. Statlander's reign was a little stale. The only thing I'm surprised about is that sky blue didn't factor more into the finish. I, I figured she'd be helping, uh, Julia Hart here. And they had a spot where they were like going to shake hands and then Julia went after her and she, she commented on this in the press scrum, something about like, why, you know, why would I help her? I wanted to take her out or something like that. So. Um, but yeah, there was, it seemed at the beginning, like they were going to team up, but then they ended up going after each other. So it was, it was a pretty decent match. I thought it was overall what the, exactly pretty much what they needed to do. Um, and then, you know, same thing. It, actually, I'm looking at cage match right now. It has a pretty good score in cage match. It's over seven, which is pretty high for there. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. It was a good match worth watching. Uh, the other women's match with Tony storm and Sheeta right decision with Tony storm winning. We got Mariah may after. The match was over. Um, this one was not as good. And some of it had to do with what they planned for the finish where Tony was using a foreign object to win. So she had like this little like metal ladle type thing that she basically kept trying to hide in her trunks. But the problem was her trunks were so skimpy that you could totally see it still when she put <laughs> it back there. Like she put it on her backside and it was just all hanging out. She kept like trying to adjust it, but you could still see it. And then basically the, the idea was she put this metal object back there and, you know, and then she hits her moving to the corner where she smashes up against her and like her butt's going to take out uh, Sheeta with the metal ladle in there. But that side did not hit her at all and they still went with that with the finish Ooh. and it was kind of like partially falling falling out but she got the win right after that spot so that that was the finish uh you know like she tried to use her shoe 
And the ref said, no, that she went flying into the crowd. And then like, she was given this. Hmm. Yeah. It sounds a little convoluted, kind of a, a, a wet fart of a finish to the end of Sheeta's title reign. That was kind of a wet fart to begin with. Yeah. This was the weakest match on the show. It's, I would it, say, I mean, it's just, the right outcome. I'm glad that she has the title. Never made sense to put it on Sheeta at all, as we said on the show. Um, but yeah, the match could have been better. I mean, it, it says a lot that, you know, part of my routine with putting my boy down is, is I'll just lay there. Hopefully, you know, usually long enough for him to fall asleep. Then I sneak out and I'll just scroll through Twitter on my phone while I'm waiting for mm-hmm. him to fall asleep. And I was doing that last night and I did not see a single mention of that match, which I ended up just having to text you. He's like, dude, what happened to Tony Wynn? <laughs> right. Yeah, it was Yeah, not not the best. Uh, so that happened. And then let's see what else. Where, what order are we going to go in here? I mean, just, uh, just well, hit the other one that I missed. The uh, the tag title, the ladder yes, match. I, I totally missed that match too. This has a very high rating on cage match. 7.8 right now. Excellent match. Spot fest. You know, they mm-hmm. did this stuff where they wedged the ladder on the outside and it wouldn't break and they kept taking falls on there. Um, I was kind of helping with bedtime during this. So I was kind ah. of in and out watching it. But I mean, Bill and Ricky retained, which going in, there was just so little we were actually kind of surprised because we missed collision this week. And when yeah. that started, we were like, wait, this wasn't always a ladder match. Was it? So they had <laughs> added the ladder match stipulation on collision, uh, collision rampage night on Friday. And, uh, I guess just to build more interest in it, it ended up being a hell of a match. It's just like emotionally wise, I wasn't connected because there was not really much of a feud for any of these three other teams going in, but it, as, as a match on its own, it certainly delivered. It was a hell of a contest. I thought, yeah, um, the one thing I heard was that uh, Black and King uh, might have been the MVPs of this match, which honestly makes me want to go back and watch it because uh, you know their AEW run has been a little lackluster. Uh, so maybe yeah. this could be a jumping off point for those guys doing something a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely, like I said, especially the spots um, to the outside with like the ladder when they were falling on the ladder, that would make you cringe and jump out of your chair a little bit. Lots of high spots in this. I didn't write down notes, but it, it was a good match. It was a spectacle. It's what you expect in a ladder match. So that was one that's definitely worth watching. Um, what was the match? I just, it wasn't this one. Was it where the table broke? You were here when that happened, right? Oh yeah. Oh, that was uh, MJF and Jay White. Because MJF, yeah, and MJF just, still did it. Yeah. Yeah. He just went ahead and did the flying elbow off the top of the rope. To that the was nuts, man. Regardless. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause that, that table had kind of been run into all night. And we had mentioned right when that happened, it was like, she's, I don't know if that thing's going to stand. And like right after that, it just collapsed. Oh, that was bad. Which, you but, know, great job on MJF saying, fuck it. I'm doing this anyways. You know, it was like, he just had a burst of adrenaline and he's like, I'm yep. going to do it. I'm just going to go up there and do it. And he did. And yeah, it was wild. It was gnarly. Yeah. Cassidy and Moxley. 12 minutes, the correct decision. Talked a lot on our pre-show about this one as well, that Cassidy really needed the win, just how the story had gone with him just not being able to get one over on John Moxley. Finally does, and they hint that the stuff going on with the best friends in Blackpool Combat Club is not over. You know, lots of scowls as their teammates all took them all out Mm -hmm. after the match. 
Um, yeah, this was one of the first two matches. So this is when we were dealing with our, our children making a lot of noise. Yeah. And it's one I definitely need to go back and rewatch. But from what I remember watching it, I thought it was pretty damn good. Um, I don't think I thought it was as good as All Out. But no, I thought it was. No, 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 no. Yeah, it was It was still a good match. Yeah. And, and it was telling a slightly different story, too, with mm-hmm. Moxley almost coming off as, uh, you know, impenetrable, you know, with Orange's offense and Orange kind of achieving victory, victory regardless of that uh, or overcoming that, I should say. I, I'm. I'm curious to know what the original plan was here is if it was for Moxley to carry the international title to full gear for, for orange to beat him, or if maybe Mm -hmm. orange Mox two was slated for a lot further down the road. Yes. But but because once again, the injuries. Yeah. 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 I I haven't heard anything on that, but that would be interesting to know for sure. And you know, Um, and, and if, if, I think this match would be a little bit more beloved or more talked about if all that stuff hadn't happened with Moxley getting injured and then the title going back to orange and, and whatnot. I I think it would have been a better story if things had gone to plan. Yeah. So we got Moxley bleeding. (laughs) No surprise. Remember, remember Cassidy though, bled all over it all out. Mm -hmm. And so it was kind of like, kind of like payback here that he was able to get Moxley bleeding in this match. And, uh, but yeah, he goes over the correct decision. Happy to see him retain. And our opening match, the six-man tag. We didn't get the heel turn out of Adam Copeland. We were kind of fantasy booking on the preview. I think that would have been pretty enticing. But no, you know, Sting's team wins. Sting stays undefeated. Copeland, Darby, and Sting over the patriarchy. I love that name. Yes. So good. So good. <laughs> Fucking Page love Christian so much. <laughs> children's choir singing to the ring. <laughs> God, that was amazing. This guy had the best run of his career uh, at 50 years old. <laughs> it's just that so he's good. just the absolute best, best work of his life this past year. It's incredible. Yeah. I mean, how about think about if you're Nick Wayne out there, this young kid working yeah. with like a freaking laundry list of hall of famers here. Yeah. And honestly, I thought he was really good in this match too. I mean, he did his job exactly right as almost playing that like one, two, three kid role, you know, just the guy who's going to get beat up the entire time. Yeah. Darby took some crazy falls during this match. There's one where he landed on the ring apron, like going over the top rope. Oh, really? Jesus, that choke oh slam from Luchasaurus. Yeah. Yeah. That's that was gnarly one. looking. Yeah. And even, even his, uh, I think it was his flip or his dive to the outside when, think luchasaurus had caught nick wayne like that looked like it could have gone horribly bad but darby was able to kind of pop out of the way before luchasaurus fell backwards but that was really good yeah uh should be pointed out the one thing we did not need to see in this match was rick flair and rick flair getting (laughs) physical get that dude off of our fucking television yeah you just knew it happened eventually it didn't take long did not Although, take long. He got a good response from the crowd, though, when he came yeah, out. Unfortunately, people love him. It did. The one good thing about him being out there is it did lead to to uh, what I thought was my comment of the night was when after the match, Sting went over to like hug or handshake some guy standing at, you know, or who was ringside. And you were like, is that David Flair? I was like, <laughs> I don't, his cheeks aren't red enough. <laughs> yes. That was great. So it, it turns out I, I think that was Sting's son. 
I okay, believe, yeah, that's some what, other that people online thing have mentioned it. At first, it kind of looked like David Flair, but then, yeah, mm-hmm. your comment, you were right. You were definitely right. Uh, yeah, so then Christian just takes off through the crowd <laughs> to avoid getting beat up anymore. Leaves the rest of his guys out there to take the L. I thought throughout, like, Luchasaurus looked pretty strong. Um, like, he took on multiple guys at different points in the match. That was good to see. Keep building him up as this force. But, yeah, in the mm-hmm. end, it, it's... Uh, it's Christian taken off and uh, the baby faces stand tall. They all had face paint on. They came out together to Copeland's theme song. But they I love had, that like, presentation. Face paint. Yeah, yeah I thought really that good. was really well done. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was that was full gear as briefly as we can do it without getting too much into the details, but hitting the broad strokes of this, I think. Like I said at the top, there's criticism out there that's warranted, but I think some mm-hmm. people are just getting too in over their heads with some of this criticism and thinking too hardly on it. I mean, they're, they're too, too either, hard on it. They're hardly either thinking, get, I mean to say. Yeah, yeah, they're either getting worked or they're just looking for any reason to dislike AEW, in my opinion. Just like trying to be the smartest person in the room. Yeah. Like at some point, yes, there's stuff to complain about, but like if you didn't think MJF was going to be in that main event and that turned off people from buying, I don't know what to tell you. Cause I mean, if you've watched wrestling at all, you know, the guy's coming back. It was to drum up interest in how they do that. And then you get a match of the year contender. I can't imagine not being satisfied with the show or giving it less than a B excellent show. Fun way to spend a Saturday night as always. And lots of intrigue on some of these stories moving forward. We got new champions, I think we predicted all the title changes on our preview show as they laid out. Jesse commented on that in our text. And also, by the way, Jesse couldn't be on the show today because fatherly duties called him. He's been in the chat occasionally today, though, I have seen. So um, I think Jesse will probably be putting out another unplugged in the not so distant future on our Patreon page, you guys. So if you want to support our show, the best way to do it, link is here in the description, is by becoming a patron. We're I, lately like three, four, five bonus shows a month have been dropping on Patreon. Honestly, we've had Patreon since 2016. We have never released more content on Patreon than we are right now. Just adding Jesse to the mix and him doing his show behind the paywall there has been huge. We've been dropping classics. I've been dropping some extras on there as well. Uh, and so the next time you hear from us on the flagship will be the Survivor Series review. Usually we go live Thursday nights, but this Thursday is Thanksgiving. We're not going to be doing that. I probably will be dropping many, many years ago. I did a history of the Survivor Series segment on, it was one of our first 10 shows. This, this was in 2016. Longtime listeners know what I'm talking about, but I, me and Kyle basically went through the early days of why the Survivor Series was created and the rivalry with Crockett Promotions and everything. I will probably post that on our main feed on Thursday, just for any of the new listeners who haven't heard it, just to get it out there again in front of people. It's also on our YouTube page. You can find it there. Great. Uh, but yeah, but yeah, it was, that was a fun one. I love the history aspect of that and did a ton of research when we recorded that. And so if you've never heard it, look for that Thursday. Hopefully you'll enjoy that. And then yeah, next weekend survivor series already. So we'll be coming at you with that review as well. And, Totally a, a full-on WWE show. So this was all AEW. And the next time, it'll be WWE. And then next week, we're also recording a new Top Rope Nation Classics for Patreon, Survivor Series 95. Just another reason to support us and get over there on the Patreon page. If you're watching on YouTube right now, please hit subscribe. That would help us a lot. And uh, get the bell notification on. So anytime we go live, you get an alert and you can join us live. It was good to see the active chat room. 
today. Yeah. I, I, t- I told the guys Thursday night our chat room was not that active and it was a little disappointing, but we got a lot of people here today. So glad that we could take advantage of the earlier time slot, Justin. Absolutely. Thank you, everybody who who joined us for this show. It's appreciated. Yes. And it's four o'clock on the nose. Justin, we're pros, man. I told you I had to get out by four o'clock. It is four o'clock right now. That wraps it, you guys. Appreciate all of you tuning in. Episode 318 of Top Rope Nation. We'll talk to you all again soon. He's coming down the ramp. He's not injured. He's going to fight through the pain. That's MJF. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to do this thing. (laughs) Awesome. See you guys next time. Uh...